What's up and welcome to episode 2 of the Progress Podcast where self-improvement is always the goal. I'm John Zamora and today we're going to be talking about the imposter syndrome. I thought it was kind of a good, um, a, a logical next subject after talking about the Dunning-Kruger effect. So first off, what is the imposter syndrome? The imposter syndrome is also known as the imposter phenomenon, imposterism, fraud syndrome, or the imposter experience. Many psychologists agree that this should be called the imposter experience since it's not a mental illness, it's not a clinical diagnosis, it is a temporary state of being. I'm going to be calling it the imposter syndrome because that's what it is most known as. Um, however, just as I go through this podcast, keep in mind that this is not an actual mental illness, it's more of a fleeting feeling. So the imposter syndrome is a mental phenomenon where an individual doubts their own experience, skills, talents, or accomplishments and has a fear of being exposed as a fraud or as an imposter. And sometimes imposter syndrome doesn't involve questioning your own skills. It can involve questioning whether or not you belong. So for example, you could know that you have the skills to be successful in business, but you could still question whether or not you are a business person, whether or not at the core this is who you are. That can also be considered the imposter syndrome. It's estimated that about 70% of the U.S. population has experienced imposter syndrome. Um, and as I said in my previous episode about the Dunning-Kruger effect, higher achieving individuals are more likely to experience these self-doubts that are associated with the imposter syndrome. The biggest problem with the imposter syndrome is that most people don't talk about it. And this is part of the experience. This is part of the... Uh, of the imposter experience that people that are suffering from it don't want to be exposed as a fraud so they usually keep these feelings to themselves. So what effects can the imposter syndrome have? Uh, first off people with the imposter syndrome are more likely to attribute their success to luck rather than to accomplishment and in turn attributing these successes to luck lowers their feelings of self-worth. On the other hand, people experiencing imposter syndrome are more likely to internalize their failures and take full blame for them. So as you can imagine, chalking up your successes to luck and blaming yourself for your fail failures, that doesn't really help you to paint a very good picture of yourself. The imposter syndrome also has concrete, measurable biological effects on a person. This is not just something that is purely mental. There is a biological side to it as well. The negative thoughts that are associated with imposter syndrome will stimulate the amygdala, which is a part of the brain that's in charge of controlling your emotion and your instinct. And this results in the release of catecholamines, which are hormones that bring the body into a state of stress, into a state of fight or flight, which was very useful in our caveman days, not so useful today. So what are the causes of imposter syndrome? Uh, one, just pressure. Pressure from yourself, pressure from others to achieve great success. And individuals who have grown up with greater pressure to achieve have a higher chance of experiencing imposter syndrome. And for the same reason, firstborn children have a higher probability of experiencing the imposter syndrome since typically they grow up with a little bit higher expectations than their younger siblings. New success. Achieving a milestone, getting a new job, completing a degree, these are all things that may trigger the imposter syndrome. And the person who achieved these things can have the tendency to think that it wasn't really earned. Their thinking is distorted by the imposter syndrome, which isn't really rooted in objective logic. It's more rooted in emotion. 
So for example, a person experiencing imposter syndrome may look at their resume and think that most or even all of their successes that they've listed on that resume were flukes and that they don't truly deserve the job that they got with that resume, the accolades and credits that they're receiving for those successes. Perfectionism. Someone experiencing the imposter syndrome may think that every task that they perform has to be done perfectly. However, it's very rare that they ask for help because they fear that asking for help might, might result in them being exposed as a fraud. This perfectionism, it usually goes down one or two paths with the first path being procrastination. The individual will put off a task for fear of not being able to complete the task at these high standards that they've set or that others have set for themselves. The second path is over-preparation, where the individual will spend much more time than is necessary to complete a task, which results in that person spending more time and energy on the same task than their peers did. This is just highly inefficient and it can lead to burnout and exhaustion. And this is in all facets of your life, not just your work life. So after all that scary talk about imposter syndrome, the logical question is how, is how do I stop this? How do we stop or slow the imposter syndrome? And the best thing that you can do is talk about it. Talking with someone who you consider to be successful can help to ease the feelings of imposter syndrome. An honest conversation can oftentimes reveal that perfection is not a requirement for achieving success. You might find that the person that you thought was perfect also has the same flaws that you do. So pushing against the core of imposter syndrome and instead of hiding your weaknesses, exposing your weaknesses, that can help you to, uh, to realize that these weaknesses are not going to hold you from success these weaknesses are not going to cause people to think any differently of you. In fact, this, this may help others be able to relate to you who are also feeling the same way. And the second way you can uh, stop imposter syndrome is to, is to separate feelings from facts. So maybe writing down an equally weighted list of your strengths versus your weaknesses, where you list one strength for every one weakness will help you to evaluate yourself more objectively. The imposter syndrome is rooted in emotion, not in logic. So the more logical, the more objectively you're able to evaluate yourself, the less of an impact imposter syndrome will have on you. So that's it for episode two of the Progress Podcast. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe if this was helpful for you. Listening is optional, as I said before, if you don't like this podcast. Just turn it on at night while you sleep. Thank you for listening all the way up to this point, And I hope to see you on the next podcast.